0: Today's episode is brought to you by BuiltBar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hey, we got a jam-packed show for you today. We're, of course, going to dive in on the 115-98 to loss at the hands of the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday night. This, in some ways, not only spelled the end of the eight-game winning streak, but maybe felt like an earmarked loss. Not a great matchup. Obviously, we know the Nets were not at full strength either. There were early themes that we really thought were going to be the thread of this game that proved to be the case. And even though the Nets were into it, technically, into the third quarter, we ultimately felt like this was the kind of game that was going to get away from them. So we, we break that all down to start. We then, of course, get into the Kevin Durant injury. Is this more serious than we realize, or... Has the All-Star break timeline just kind of allowed the Nets to lean into their mentality? Cautious with injuries around the big superstars. Even the little mysterious flare-up of the shoulder for Kyrie Irving seems perfectly timed to give some extra rest to some key players on this roster. So we'll break that all down. And then, of course, on a Monday, it's stock up, stock down. We got young players on this team that we continue to be excited about. Their contributions and consistency are exactly what you want to see. And unfortunately, though... A familiar friend comes on by to remind us that erratic play and pendulum-swinging mentalities just will not survive on a roster that has championship aspirations. We get into all of it, but first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. It's every day. I'm Doug Nori, owner operator DFSR.com, got you covered for all your DFS NBA needs. And that's Adam Armbrecht. You're going to know him, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster, one of their lead NBA analysts as well. Buddy, how are we doing on a Monday?
0: Listen, we, we've been spoiled rotten of late. Eight game winning streak comes to an end at the hands of Dallas, but uh, you know, we were shorthanded. The All Star breaks around. Uh, maybe we were just trying to get to you know a little bit of a reprieve here at the break. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm not too down coming off a loss. You can kind
1: of feel it coming, right? Yep. I, I don't yep. want to say I don't. I don't want to say it was like Saturday night. Maybe I'm a little tired, more, more tired than usual. Maybe they were a little more tired. I just kind of had the sense that as soon as I saw Kyrie out, that um, and we're going to talk about this. We're talking about Durant. We're going to talk stock up, stock down. We got you all covered for this episode. Uh, we'll talk about the game obviously first, but the second I saw. Kyrie was going to be out here I kind of got the sense like okay schedule loss you know eight games in a row we're playing with a little bit of house money here it was and, and also the the injury news was like managing the shoulder which seemed completely made up so I don't like because wasn't that you, last have,
0: year's injury I, I'm i a little thrown <laughs> off <laughs> here
1: well that's funny we haven't heard about the shoulder impingement for <laughs> like a year now but now it's a, kind of cropping up and he needs rest from it I don't know that whole thing sort of it sort of made it so it seemed like I, I they were playing very fast and loose with the national TV rules also because this was a national TV ABC game and you're really yeah. kind of you're supposed to make sure that basically if your guys can play they can play so I don't know if they're going to butt up against um, you know an issue with the injury thing but I kind of just you know, all all of this to be said I kind of got the feeling that even going into this game the Nets sort of knew where they were against Dallas. Like, you take a win if you can get it, but no one was going to be that crushed if they didn't get there.
0: And, and by the way, if not for Harden's reputation of being a guy that always plays and hasn't had any injury issues this season at all, knock wood, I, I even I thought it too. I was like, all right, we're only one kind of, you know, quote-unquote, Injury tweak for Harden. From me feeling like maybe the Nets are just looking at the All Star break. You got this nice run of wins without Kevin Durant. We can cut, you know, we can pack it in for the last couple of games if we so choose to, and give our and give our big players a, a little bit of a night off here and extend them. By the way, through the All Star break without without some of the things we're going to get into later around these injury issues for for all the players on the Nets roster. So yeah, that that, that a little bit felt that way. And by the way, though at the same time, because the, the, as we get into the game, the run kind of came there early for Dallas, and then the. Nets got them. They were in the game for a stretch there and I, I got myself convinced again. I I said it on Twitter like a fool. I was like the, the Nets have a run on them. Don't worry about it. Even in spite of all of it, I still had that 8 game win streak vibe in my mind. That that when you have James Harden on the court, you do feel like you're never actually out of the game. Yeah, maybe I'm actually translating
1: too much of the ending onto the beginning and that's that's probably incorrect cuz you're right. This game was not a foregone conclusion even through halftime where they were hanging you know they were down 4 at halftime i think or something like that yeah 68-64 at halftime and and that's definitely a place where they're in the game so i'm probably i'm definitely transcribing the end score back onto maybe what my feelings were during the time which is which is not the case but even that being said this this nets team struggled with what dallas was throwing at them to the point where yes they they kind of hung around but i did feel like it was one of these we're giving our max effort, at least for this first half, and still Dallas kind of has the best of us here just because of the personnel. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, we kind of talked we talked very briefly about this off the air, but the personnel issues were pretty stark when we saw how they lined up with really not having a functional answer for Luka and definitely not having a, a functional answer for Chris Stapps on defense.
0: Yeah, and we talked even early in this one, there was a, several sequences where Bruce Brown is under the basket in the paint defending Porzingis, and I just thought... Listen, these are dangerous waters for Dallas. I don't know if they want to, you know, rotate Porzingis out when Bruce Brown is on the floor because that's a really difficult matchup to take on on the offensive end. Uh, that's that's called uh, humor. If anyone's not yeah. catching that there, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but for all of for all of the positives from the Nets roster, like Bruce Brown, and yeah, he, he still had a, he still had a very solid game. But but this is the perfect matchup again. Without even if Kyrie had played, I think this is the kind of game when you don't have Kevin Durant out there. The size, the length that that Dallas has really across the board. Porzingis is exactly the guy you don't want when you have DeAndre Jordan. And then even when you factor in getting Claxton back, but you're still managing his load as well. So you don't have nearly as many options as you might want to throw at some of these players. And then you mix in Luka, who is, again, one of the bigger point guard, guard roles that you're going to have in the league. And the Nets aren't terribly big there either. So, you know, they, they, they hung in it there early on, but you're probably right. You could see. You know, first quarter, even into halftime, you just thought, yeah, but if you keep going back to this well another handful of times, you could see Dallas starting to stretch it. And that's, that's ultimately what they did as we got into the third quarter.
1: Yeah, and when they and you make a good point about Durant because this is a, look every game you need Kevin Durant so it's not like you can pick and choose your spots with one of the top players in all of basketball you want him for every game. There are some teams though you're going to notice it more than others, especially when they have like kind of these stretch bigs. And I'm going to put you know they have two of them, but Kleber doesn't really offer the same sort of issues that that Chris Stapps does where they can kind of stretch the floor if they need to I mean Stapps took one heat check three that I maybe look at the clock and wonder if the if the game (laughs) they were going to go into at halftime (laughs) it was like four steps in from the half court mark and and he just kind of chucked up I don't know what he was thinking chucked up a three and there was like two and a half minutes left on the clock. it was very weird anyway other than that though we you, you got this real sense that Dallas was not toying with them but it kind of felt like when they needed to get baskets, they were going to be able to do it. There was multiple times where they got staps into a switch down low on the block, like sort of around the dunker spot, and he just basically pulled up over Bruce Brown. He was able to do it to Jeff Green too. And Green is essentially the biggest path or, you know, the biggest path to resistance defensively that they had in that unit. And he's still Kind of at a pretty big disadvantage against uh, Porzingis, right? And Bruce Brown, it's it's just a total joke. Like when he gets, yeah. And we don't, you don't see teams really work the post that much anymore. You know, the the Sixers will do it with Embiid, but for the most part, um, teams just really aren't backing guys down. It's just not when you play five out like most teams do. No one's really prioritizing the paint in terms of like an, a way by which you're going to run your offense through, except when this, the difference in personnel is so stark that you just kind of have to, or it's just so obvious that you're going to, and that was what I felt like they were doing with Porzingis, especially early, was like, oh yeah, you're going to stick Bruce Brown behind me? Um, I'm just going to pull up over him. Like, there's not even, it's not even a move. It's not even a basketball move. It's just going to be to turn around and shoot over him because there's really no, there's nothing you can do about this.
0: Yeah, it's ups. And by the way, if Dallas wasn't doing that in this matchup, you would have thought, listen, we got to get some, you know, head checked here on the, on the Dallas coaching staff because you can't look at those matchups and say, yeah, I know what the NBA is like today. We still have we have to attack at this first and then everything else will work itself out around it. The other piece, too, again, the Nets are coming into it, obviously, you know, shorthanded and even guys that are available. We're going to get into it as far as where the injuries stood coming in and coming out of this game as well. But just look at, look at the starting lineup, and you can go into the bench. It gets a little deep here as they, empty, as they empty some guys in there. But Brunson came in. He gave you 14 points for Dallas as well. Really, everybody in the starting, starting unit was a high contributor for Dallas. When you flip it over, as you say, you put Bruce Brown in there. He does his thing. Harden gives you a 9-21, 29-point performance, all that good stuff. And Green looked good coming back uh, from missing a game with injury. But then going to the bench, Right, the Nets called up Cook, who they just who they just signed off of off the G League squad for the for the Timberwolves. You have Claxton still coming back from his injury, DeAndre Jordan. Then Chioza gets a run here. Even Shumpert gets a little bit of a taste, like throwing Shamit and Robertson. It's a lot of bodies getting used, and ultimately none of those guys were effective in this one. So you just, you just didn't have you did not have the out. To try to find some reprieve and maybe as we as we said in other games hey if the second unit can just stem the tide while well, Harden or Kyrie or one of these big players is out then yeah we come back in and we start to roll again but that just it wasn't viable in this one and, you, and that was one thing that you saw early as well where the second unit just did not have it
1: Any, yeah, anything
0: and- of what they were going to have including even the defensive piece they didn't have that element uh, la- uh, on, on uh, excuse me Saturday night either. I I, th- I actually think that they probably this is a game where they probably wanted to play Claxton
1: more, and I just don't. I think he's still some, on like something of a like a minutes limit, and they yep. just can't no, really. And and so I think because I actually think this matchup was kind of tailor made for him, where. You know he's easily switchable he's super athletic the length around the perimeter is good he can probably functionally stay with Chris Stapps and Chris Abs not going to body him down on the post or anything like that so I actually think that this is a matchup they probably wanted more out of him and they just can't like they're not going to start running him 24 27 minutes right now so I think that they kind of lost a little bit by not being able to play him I thought Roberson was actually okay defensively it's just that he's just such yep. a zero on offense that when you don't have the other offensive guy like he's great when he can be when he can share the court with Ky and James Harden then I think you're in a really good spot with him. It's when it's when he's like the fourth guy instead of just a di- very distant fifth guy on offense that you really start running into a problem with him. So, I actually think that we're probably going to get decent minutes out of him and his role will look a lot better once there's just more shooters around, but there was just it was just a tale of not just not enough defense and just not enough offense. And that's what happens when you have James Harden and your next two best players are, are out of the game. So, you know what I mean? I, I, so that's why, my, that's why I don't sound too disappointed about this. It's mostly just because right from the jump, when you look at who the personnel is, you're kind of thinking, okay, if we play out of our minds, maybe this happens. Otherwise, um, you know, it's Luka and the rest and, and a pretty full-strength Dallas team, and it's going to take a lot to overcome that. All right, we're going to get into the Durant injury here. We're going to do a little stock up, stock down as well. First, got to talk to you about our good friends over at Headspace. Look, right now, be stressful times, we live in a stressful, we had a stressful year. Just In some ways, it's starting to get better, but there's still always room for improvement. If you need to improve your sleep, you need to improve your focus, maybe you just want to be better. There's an app out there that can help you, and you only need 10 minutes a day, and that is Headspace. Buddy, you've had a lot of experience with Headspace, right? I mean, you see that little orange ball up here in, you know, up on the phone, and you just know you're getting relaxed, Right.
0: Yeah, man, I talk about like needing to uh, promote a product that's easy to do. It's because I use it. So getting getting to sleep, especially over this past year, when it feels like I'm not maybe expending as much energy as I normally would helping you wind down sessions that I've been using. You also have the ability to do some of the the mindfulness, which reduces the stress, improves my sleep. It's boosted my focus a little bit. It's improved my memory. So it's just been in times like these, as they say, this has been a real benefit to be able to lean on an app that helps me both wind down from the day and then also get my day started off on a great foot.
1: Yeah, for sure. Meditation helps you get down into sleep. Uh, 600,000 five-star reviews, 60 million downloads. Look, 60 million people can't be wrong, right? So, oh, more than half a million five-star reviews. Look, you can't just make up these numbers. Headspace has everything you need to start relaxing and be a better self. Right now, you deserve to feel happier. Headspace is the meditation app made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA, and you're getting a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Headspace.com slash NBA. And when you're done using Headspace, head on over to Bet Online. No better place to get the betting action in these days. It's just the fastest and easiest way to get all that sports action. Football's over, obviously. NBA, though, in full swing. College basketball really heating up. NHL if you're into the ice action. Maybe it's not even sportsy. You want to get a little taste on TV shows, reality TV. We get the award shows coming up as well. It's all there on Bet Online. They have real updated odds, props on anything you can imagine. Believe me, if you if you can come up with it, Bet Online has a prop for it right now. You go to betonline.ag. And you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Go find a better deal than that. 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LOCKDOWN, just like our podcast network. Right now, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. BetOnline, your online
0: sportsbook experts. And as you know, friends, we're covering everything you need to know about the Brooklyn Nets, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with their new Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. I've been on with him. He's a gentleman and a heck of a guy to talk to to get great information, all the sports news that you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts fulfilled. We now, as they say, turn our attention to, you know, coming into this game, we knew that Kevin Durant wasn't going to be available for this one, that he's been ruled out through the All-Star break. It was a little surprising, as, as you alluded to, that that Kyrie, kind of a surprising bubble-up of an injury for him, he gets held out as well. Uh, we can start with KD and just, I know we did this with the lock-it-up segment, and I had to really get nervous about that one, rightfully so. He's not going to play before the break, Do you think that, do you throw Kyrie into this thing of, we said this a lot about the Nets, just being overly cautious with the big stars, with Claxton coming back, any of these guys, it seems like the Nets are more than comfortable, and this eight-game win streak before the loss to Dallas certainly cushioned that, more than comfortable to take their time with them. Is there any concerns, I think you're concerned about KD, I assume, but is there any concerns beyond him as we go in and then come out of the All-Star break in a few days? You know, it's funny when I saw that he was out
1: through the All Star break. I actually got a little less concerned. I'm not sure if that's the right reaction to have. I it was more that it was it seemed. So we when we talked about it on um, on Lock It Up on Friday, it was around. Okay, are we going to see him again? And then I think we're sort of in some ways like the Kyrie situation from last season. I think probably seeded a lot of distrust around sort of just like health updates that come from the Nets, right? And I think rightfully so. Yep. It was it was this. It was a whole thing with Kyrie with the shoulder last year and whether he could play or not. And he just, you know, it was always the timetable was all weird. And then, you know, lo and behold, it's like, you know, it's a week and then it's two weeks and then a month and then it's the rest of the season, right? Like that's kind of how the timeline played out. And I think there was yeah. something was born out of, Oh, can we even trust what the nets are saying? For some reason, and I have no reason to believe this except that I may be just being too trusting about the situation. When I saw that he was out through the the All-Star break, I kind of just got the sense of, "Oh, they're just playing this super cautious. It's not like there's something worse." Again, I don't have any inside information that would make me feel that should make me feel one way or the other about this. It just more seemed like I got the sense that if the All-Star break wasn't there, he would play this week. Does that make sense? Like he, He'd be back, and he'd be, he'd be back in the rotation. It's the fact that the All-Star game and this meaningless game with that Kevin Durant in some ways was going to headline because it's Team Durant versus Team LeBron, and that's the way it was going to go. I think the fact that they By were, the way,
0: he's still going to be be picking the team for the All-Star game too.
1: Great, and he's not going to play. And I think that actually that makes me feel better. Right. I think I would have felt a mm-hmm. little worse yeah. had they said, oh, he's going to come back and play— what was their last game, Wednesday? Like the Wednesday or Thursday before the break, whenever they play last. If he had come back for that game— and then going through the All-Star Break, I think I would have been more worried. I think for some reason, I, I just get the sense that had the timelines been not around the All-Star game, he would have been back playing this week. And they're just it's easier to hold him out through that meaningless game and then start again after. Does that make sense? I, again, I'm not using any there's no inside yeah. information going into it. It's just, it's just, it seems to me that the timing just lines up really well. Because even when you see him on the sidelines, he's still kind of moving. Like the other day, he was kind of dribbling a basketball and moving around. It's not a guy that looks injured I think they're just saying look this is this is a we're playing the long game here it's a marathon not a sprint and there's just no reason especially on the on the winning streak all this stuff sort of lined up really well to not have to push him back anytime soon
0: what I was going to say was, you know, go back. Remember, this team's 15 and 12 before they go on the run. Now they're 22 and 13. They have a couple of games to go. Even if they lose both of these games coming up, if they're 22 and 15 at the break, I think that the Nets collectively would have the organization would have signed up for that. You've seen the sample size from all the guys. They had had a secondary MRI, they said, on on Kevin Durant's hamstring and, and basically Steve Nash, but it wasn't anything new just said yeah you know we got a secondary MRI and we're just like you said we're playing a little bit extra cautious if something did alleviate it for me it was almost the mysterious injury for the shoulder for Kyrie where again I I thought okay so maybe you guys are just looking at the schedule and saying how do we just give these guys some extra rest and I'll touch back to something that I had mentioned coming out of when, when when the injury first came up for KD and that was two stop and starts for him with the COVID protocols and missing multiple weeks over that process I think at that point As you said, with where the All-Star break is scheduled, it just makes more sense for the Brooklyn Nets to say, okay, you have a little hamstring tweak. Maybe it was going to cost you, and you could have come back, say, even on Saturday against Dallas and played these couple of games. At the end of the day, you're going to be able to, you know, extend his recovery time, quote-unquote, his rest period, quote-unquote, and then come out of the All-Star break and start firing on all cylinders. So it really was... Uh, you, you framed it right. The perfect combination of timing coming off of a win streak, like everything lined up to say, yeah, OK, so you're so you're going to miss an extra five games. It's not the end of the world. And then we'll start to ramp you up coming out of the break. And and really, after that win streak, I think the Nets in a lot of ways, I know that Katie wasn't there for most of it. But I think the Nets are just, they've been checking more and more boxes for themselves and maybe a little bit sooner than they thought they would have. So now it just has become about the long-term health and being ready to go down the home stretch of the season and head into the playoffs. This is a team that's, you know, they're, if they had won that game on Saturday, they could have overtaken the 76ers for the Eastern Conference 1 seed. This is not where we all anticipated them being at the break of the NBA season. So they're already ahead of schedule in a lot of ways. That affords them the ability to be more cautious.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I actually don't think that the Kyrie injury is... I mean, God, can you believe we're even saying this now? Because now I'm like, oh, I don't think it's even a mysterious injury again. It, it, this, these guys take you through the just the absolute range of emotions on this stuff to, because we're like <laughs> yeah. we're only about a month and a half from is Kyrie ever going to play basketball again. <laughs> sort of like random discussion and now we're in the God, oh he, yeah. he sits out on a Saturday night game and it's just like I eh, just think it was for rest I mean it just it's almost like the other stuff never even happened <laughs> I can't you know what I mean it's crazy that w- what we've gone through with this team already that you almost just even forget something that was really not that long ago now I mean what like a month and a half ago where if Kyrie sat out with the shoulder impingement you would Definitely say to yourself, "Oh, great! Here we go again." And now I'm just kind of like, "Nah, dude, this team's great. Everything's fine. It's just they're just resting them because they want. They want to. It's it's. They're just taking us through the range of emotions. I don't want to say it's not like the Stockholm syndrome where I feel like I'm just falling in love with my captor, but it does. I do feel a little bit. I do feel a little <laughs> bit like it's like a little. It's a little. But gaslighting. I'm willing to. If that's what you know, it has to be, it, I will fall in love. I wouldn't be shocked if I was just getting we're getting ghastly here. The fact that we're like yeah now we're just fully defending it. Either way, I don't I know I do not see these situations as anything like those other ones. I'm not worried about the Kyrie situation at all. And just to put a pin on it, uh, the Durant thing feels just like sort of you know decent timing more than anything else. We're gonna get a little stock up, stock down heading into this week. First, gotta talk to you about stock way up on Built Bar. Look, they're the best protein bars on the market. If you didn't hear me last week. Uh you know that I've just been traveling and I have my dad picking up my mail. The box of built bars showed up at the door, didn't mention to me any other mail, no bills, no checks, nothing else came. Text me. Built Bar came. Can I eat them all? That's it. That's that's how that's, that's how the old man wanted to roll. I was more than happy, delicious. more than happy to oblige. And it's because these things are absolutely delicious, and he knows they're good for him as well. All the flavors you ever want in a protein bar: caramel brownie, cherry barcia. He's not a deadhead, but maybe you are. Lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Those are just the new ones. They have all the original flavors as well. Built Bar is the best protein bar money can buy, and it's perfect if you're the health conscious guy. Or gal just look at the peanut butter one 19 grams of protein just 180 calories five grams of sugar five grams of net carbs great if you're on the keto diet as well high protein high fiber low sugar low calorie built bar the best protein bar out there all you have to do right now to get yourself to be as excited as mr nori when a built bar comes you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lockdown 20 and you're going to get 20 percent off your next order Got to go to builtbar.com. Got to use locked on, like our podcast network, and then 20, just like that 20%, locked on 20, on builtbar.com. Built bar,
0: the best protein bar out there. All right. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more about them, if you need to know more about them, then you need to subscribe, excuse me, to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. And now, as Doug alluded to, it's time for another just bubbling segment here on the Locked On Nets podcast, and that is Stock Up Stock down. Now, uh, you may have noticed. I don't know if, if you were dodging it as well a little bit, Doug. But I didn't really lean into a couple of guys, or actually one specific player that was bothering me in the Saturday night performance in Dallas. And so I, I'll let you get. Let's go with some. Let's go with a couple stock up guys if you have them on your mind. Let's give the fans some positivity because then I gotta lean a little bit heavy handed on a particular thorn in my side right now. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with stock down.
1: Um, but we'll 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 start with the positives first. The stock up has to be Nicholas Claxton. We talked about him at length on the podcast last week. You have to. Didn't have a huge standout game against Dallas uh, in the sense that he wasn't going to put up just the crazy amount of just defensive stats that he put up in the game before, obviously, against Orlando when he had the four steals and two blocks in just 15 minutes. Really, no player in the NBA is going to be able to recreate that kind of defensive effort, in the, at least in the box score. But... In terms of just stock up for the team, you have to just be so excited. Net fans have been wishing and wanting on just a functional rotational big that can switch into a bunch of different stuff that has just supreme length. He obviously, you mentioned this, and we both agreed that he just looks stronger than he does. Yeah. Just looks uh, just bigger than he did a year ago when he was just a complete and utter beanpole. That he's, I was even noticing it um, when he was standing. He was standing on the block uh, during a free throw on Saturday night, and I was like, yeah, he just looks. Because it wasn't a close-up, but you could just tell. like He definitely has started to fill out a little bit. Uh, so I think just the fact that he's come in, has had such a long hiatus, and then came in and looked – good just to start means I think the upside is pretty darn high in him. And and at the exact position that the Nets, Nets fans, and just rightfully so, Nets fans and probably just the team, has wanted for so long. DeAndre clearly can't do it. Jared Allen is out the door, really behind. you know, They brought in some other just random guys off the street that haven't worked out, the Norval Pels, the Noah Vonleys that were just stopgaps in name only. So the fact mm-hmm. that he's really going to start checking a lot of boxes here uh, he's probably just the biggest stock up. And I'm just I'm just mostly looking forward to the time when whatever that possible minutes cap, I don't think they've announced that, but it's pretty clear there is one. Uh, whenever that minutes cap is being able to take off, I'm actually wondering if at some point we even get him in the starting lineup in some of these matchups. So stock way up on Nick Claxton.
0: Yeah, I love it. No, hundred percent. And the other the other guys that had big performances in this game are obviously someone like Bruce Brown, who, in spite of us saying, listen, difficult against Porzingis, he still had a very nice line. By the time it was all said and done, he did all the little things, all the hustle plays. I've been liking what I've seen, for, even from a Shamit and some of these other guys on the roster. Unfortunately, a dude that hit all the wrong notes <laughs> in all the best ways. Like it, this guy is nothing if not consistent in the poor play that he provides you he's been streaky at times and in a good way but by and large timothy lulu cabareau it's just it's brutal and it becomes more glaring and this is why i'm stocked down on him obviously it's not just when you look at the at the line he's two or 12 from the field and two and nine from deep okay fine it's not that he's a minus 32 when he's on the court but it's a double down effect of As everyone else continues to carve out their niches and their roles on this roster and really settle into them and provide you quality, reliable minutes where you can set expectations and have the players meet it, TLC is still this dude that goes so far on the pendulum back and forth. We talk about his overconfidence shooting from deep. Like at some point, I know that you're getting fed the ball, but there's actually a couple of sequences here too. When Harden was kicking to him on the wing and there was an extra pass to get made to find Joe Harris in the corner. You have to make that extra pass more often than not. I don't care that you're wide open. You still need to make that extra feed because it's Joe Harris. That's exactly what his role is. That's who you're supposed to be feeding. And that's going to make your stock rise on this roster because you understand who you're supposed to be getting the ball to that doesn't even take into account that he did the thing that he has done repeatedly this year and for the length of his career and that was fouling a three-point shooter and he did it in about a, the most egregious way as you could it was against uh, Richardson at the top of the key and it's not that he's in front of him and he tries to reach out close out and doesn't quite get there he came out of camera it was like he sprinted off the sidelines did a fly by right to left motion I don't know slapped Richardson somewhere and they drew the foul, three-point, okay, go to the line for four. It's just, he's be, it's detrimental now. Like, his play is detrimental, and I, I know you have your thoughts on him, but it was just a brutal watch. In a game that was bad already, I didn't really look out at it, any of the players for the Nets and say, oh, boy, this is a really bad performance, or they're playing out of character, except for TLC. And in a lot of ways, he actually was playing right into his character.
1: Yeah, he was totally brutal. Now, I will say you mentioned the minus thirty-two. You mentioned minus thirty-two plus minus like it was nothing, which I you know, kudos to you because the because <laughs> that is that number is so atrocious. The only thing that probably saves him a little bit, and the reason plus minus is just this weird kind of I don't know, you use it when you want to use it and you don't have to all the time. Harden was a minus twenty seven in this game. So it's like, okay, well, yeah. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna say that TLC was minus thirty-two, you got to mention the minus twenty-seven for Harden. It does feel like I don't know TLC probably earned his minus thirty-two a little bit more than Harden did, or <laughs> maybe contributed because they shared so much of the court together. It just really nothing about it is working, and so I get the part where you want to stretch the court. Maybe you're looking, you're kind of saving Shamit for secondary ball handling with the second unit, and you know TLC is not going to give you that. But I just don't know what the I just don't know what you're getting here I actually don't even know what the thought process is he can hit he has some games of streaky shooting where he can go like five or six from beyond the arc okay I guess I can sort of be talked into that but the fact that really nothing else positive is happening the ball handling is atrocious like you said the closeouts have become a running joke on Nets Twitter so even even regular fans have figured out that these closeouts are just are completely terrible I just don't really understand I just don't really understand what's happening. Like, why not just start Shaman? Like, why not? I guess you can't start Robeson because they don't you you don't get enough on offense. So maybe it's just one of these situations where there's no real good functional replacement. Maybe this would have been Tyler Johnson had he not had a migraine. And so, like you know, we didn't mention that Tyler Johnson sat this game out. It was a late thing because he had he had a migraine issue. I think it actually would have been Tyler Johnson getting the start here. And you know, and I think that that probably just would have been there's no there's
0: there's no way it would have been worse I'll tell you that so i i think that that's probably and they go ahead. No, no, and they, you know, his, his contract TLC's, that is, has, has now become f- fully guaranteed for the season. We were talking about the other day about, you know, some guys getting released and getting waived. They're going to get brought back, et cetera, And those, those thing, all those transactions all happen. So he is on the books for a relatively low amount. But I think you're right, though. If Tyler Johnson's available, I think he sees more minutes, and then you can combine Tyler Johnson and then Robertson. Give me the defensive effort of Robertson. You can get the offense from Tyler Johnson. And I just, I just wonder. It's something to keep an eye on here. If TLC is going to be streaky like this, at some point, I think the coach staff just looks at it and says, we need to keep checking boxes. Hey, this is what we set expectations for you and you did it for us tonight you did it for us tomorrow you did it for us the next day like that's what you need around your superstars and if TLC is going to have games like this like it's lucky that it was such an ugly game relative in the scoreline cuz if this was a tight game and you start looking at some of these key plays for TLC then you're really probably staring down his minute shares and, and wondering how much of the court should this guy really be out there after for 24 minutes i think that he needs to be closer to 13 minutes than he is to the you know mid 20s i can't believe TLC's
1: been so bad it's got me Clamoring for Tyler Johnson. <laughs> Just, here we go. If you talked to Bubble Doug, this would have been you would have you would have wondered what had happened here. Like what what possibly could have happened? That I'm like, man, don't you wish that was Tyler Johnson in the starting lineup and not TLC? So I don't know. This again, the theme of the day is times change over the over the course of these seasons. It sometimes only takes a couple of weeks. All right, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back again after Monday's game. In the meantime, uh, you know the way you can help. Man, I okay, got so confused about who they were going to play on Monday. I forgot to even tell you what to do here. The way you can help the podcast, your rate and review wherever you listen. We've seen the numbers only climb much appreciated for everyone who's jumped on for everyone who's stayed on board with locked on nets. It's just looking at those numbers every day. is such a buoy. Love talking about the team and the way you can help rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen,
0: you know, it, buddy, we'll be taking on those spurs this Monday Eve. And remember with all this talent, all you need to know is fate has me highly skilled and loaded with talent. Gary Grabowski.
1: Oh, one of the all-time great American poets. We'll be back again on Tuesday talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.